these meds aren't working, these doctors can't help me. And I said a prayer to God. I said, God, if you're real, then I need you to show up and I need you to show up in a big way. And if you don't, I'm killing myself tonight. everyone this is vivian from the musings diary podcast and you're listening to a brand new episode in a brand new season this is the show where we get to talk everyday life in line with the word of life for people like you who love life love love and love the lord guess what we'll be covering this month and beyond the gift of a handicap stick around for that one i know it's been like eight months and now we are back if i were you i would grab that headphone grab that earphone whichever gadget you use sit back relax and enjoy the fancy ride karibuni sana Dear God, I thank you. I thank you for this moment yet again. Thank you for the privilege to share with your people once again after a long break. Indeed, I missed them. But my father, you are the God of seasons and we glorify your name. Even as we begin this series on the gift of handicap, I pray, O God, that you may minister to your people even as you minister to me and through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Near to me, closer to me, Jesus. Don't let me go, no other help I know. scripture comes from 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 1. I love the message version and this is what it says. You forced me to talk this way and I do it against my better judgment. But now that you are at it, I may as well bring up the matter of visions and revelations that God gave me. For instance, I know a man who 14 years ago was seized by Christ and swept in ecstasy to the heights of heaven. I really don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise again. Whether in or out of body, I don't know. God knows. There he had the unspeakable, spoken, but was forbidden to tell what he had. This is the man I want to talk about, but about myself. I'm not saying another word apart from the humiliations. If I had a mind to brag a little, I could probably do it without looking ridiculous and I'll still be speaking plain truth all the way, but I'll spare you. 
I don't want anyone imagining me as anything other than the fool you'd encounter if you saw me on the street or heard me talk. Because of the extravagance of revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. I'd repeat that line. Because of the extravagance of those revelations, and so I wouldn't get a big head, I was given the gift of a handicap to keep me in constant touch with my limitations. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that and then he told me, listen to this, my grace is enough. It is all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I had that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks. I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. The weaker I get, the stronger I become. I love this scripture. The message version inspired the title of this series, The Gift of a Handicap. Paul was going through a struggle. I remember at some point he was saying, the things he wants to do, he doesn't do. And what he does not want to do, he does. Paul was human, just like you and I. He was a person who was struggling with the flesh, the flesh against the spirit. And you know, when this thorn in the flesh was a bother to him, three times, he said in, in, that, in that scripture, three times he asked God to remove this thorn in the flesh. But guess what God said? My grace is enough. It is all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. And in scripture again, Jesus tells us that there is no temptation that comes to us or that befalls us that we cannot overcome. There is always a way of escape. The entire theme of this series helps us to focus on the fact that when we are weak, when we feel like God has left us, when we feel like we are alone, you know, that is when God's strength is revealed. But it can only be revealed when we go to him. It can only be revealed when we acknowledge that we are weak, when we acknowledge that we need his help. I was reading a commentary on the same, and I like what they said. The thorn in the flesh was to keep the apostle humble. Paul knew and was absolutely convinced that he had not yet attained anything. He didn't even attain perfection, and yet he was in danger of being lifted by pride. The messenger of Satan Paul was talking about was not only a hindrance, but a great help to the apostle because he remained grounded. Sometimes some things in our lives befalls us to help us remain grounded, to help us remember where we came from, to help us go back to our first love. So the thorn in the flesh that Paul was going through, he acknowledged eventually in the end that it was a gift. And the handicap was this thorn. 
And the benefit of this handicap was it didn't come to break him down. It came to keep him grounded, to run him away from pride. Paul was strong. He was a strong apostle. And you know, pride would easily creep in to someone like that. But you know, his strength was guarded by God. You know, the fact that he was allowed to go through this, the fact that he was allowed to be weak in order for God to be strong, his strength was guarded. Someone shared recently a devotion that I really loved. So I'll quote a part of it that really stood out for me. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Nothing can get you into more trouble than your strength. An unguarded strength is a double weakness. Nothing can get you into more trouble than your strength. I love that. Is your strength unguarded? Is your strength something that will make you fall, something that will make you walk away or go away from God, from his presence? Is it unguarded? Is it unscrutinized? Are you the kind of person who would focus on your weakness more than your strength? You know, sometimes our strength is the handicap. And Paul had to have his strength guarded by God before he fell into the trap of pride. Think about that as we play this clip, courtesy of CBN. I'm not oblivious of the fact that May is a month of mental health. So I'm going to play this clip and I'd like you to listen to this lady talking about how she got delivered, how she broke, how she, 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 like Paul, went to God and told God, you know what, if you don't deliver me from this, this moment, this would be my breaking point. I'd like you to listen keenly to this testimony and I'll be back after that. I would hear things like, you should kill yourself. And I would hear a lot of whispers like, for years, Alexis Hoffman says she was tormented by voices. It had started in 2009. She was a freshman in high school and had just come out of a physically, sexually, and mentally abusive relationship. She became angry and was filled with guilt and shame. My heart became callous after the abusive relationship because I felt like I could just never get right with God. Like I felt like I was too far gone. Like I had messed up too much. Having pushed her Christian upbringing aside, Alexis would spend the rest of her high school years filled with drinking, drugs, sex, and cutting. By now, her parents, Ted and Robin, had realized the life their daughter was living. When the only thing that your daughter ever gave you was joy, and then you find out that she's doing drugs, sex, you know, alcohol, breaks your heart. By her senior year, she was being tormented by nightmares. Then came the voices. They tell me I'm useless and ugly, that I'm worthless and dirty. They tell me to just die, and I believe them. I remember having this obsession with like stabbing. I would sneak out into the kitchen and I would start taking one knife at a time and bringing it into my room. One day, her mom found the stash of knives and suicide notes. Immediately, she took her daughter to the ER and Alexis was admitted to a psychiatric hospital. I am just talking to God and saying, Lord, you said and your word says that she is yours and you will not let her anything happen to her. And I know that your word is true and I believe you. 
Over the next four years, Alexis would be in and out of 20 different psych wards, diagnosed with bipolar and schizophrenia, among others. Even being heavily medicated didn't quiet the voices or ease her torment. My life was a living hell, and not only my life, but my family's. There's no joy, just empty, just not knowing what was going to happen, and, and me not knowing either how to help her. When you looked into her eyes, there was an absolute dead stare, always. And she never, ever had that. She always had the most beautiful smile, and her eyes were always sparkling. And it wasn't my little girl. Now, unable to hold down a job and on disability, Alexis was prone to violent fits of rage. She had no control over her actions, often blacking out. When Alexis got mad, whew, it was not pretty. It was, it was scary. I had even said to my husband, we should get locks on the bedroom door. One time, she woke up in a pool of blood after cutting herself 40 times. And I would be so ashamed, like, what did I just do? Like, that's not me. Why did I do that? That is not how I act. Like, I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing this. Who is that? Exhausted, Alexis told her family she was going to kill herself. I've got these voices telling me what to do. I'm seeing things, and I said, I'm just tired. I'm so tired. I'm at war with myself, and I can't do it anymore. Robin and I were preparing ourselves for her to kill herself. And you talk about that's, that's tough when you have to prepare yourself. The next day, Robin took Alexis to a healing conference where Pastor Todd White was ministering. Alexis went to the altar. I thought to myself, these meds aren't working. These doctors can't help me. And I said a prayer to God. I said, God, if you're real, then I need you to show up, and I need you to show up in a big way. And if you don't, I'm killing myself tonight. Then no Pastor White prayed for her. I can see her eyes going crazy. She got free and got delivered, not because of anything except the authority of the name of Jesus. I felt a peace that I had never felt before. Like, I could hear myself think. I felt restored and I felt new. And the love of God that I felt in that moment was like nothing I've ever felt before. He's the only solution to your problems. Heavenly Father, I thank you and I bless you for this new episode, this new season. I'm excited and I hope my listener is excited too. My Father, I pray, O oh God, that you may guard our strength, that you may help us scrutinize our strength, that you may help us view our strength in the light of you. That, my Father, when we are weak, we shall run to you because when you run to you, then you move in into our weakness. I give you praise and I exalt your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Jesus, 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 sweet Jesus, 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 I call your name, Jesus, I love you, I need you, I need you.
Have a fantastic week. I'll see you in the next one. God bless. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.